Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with R.A. Spratt. Today's story is Little Red Riding Pig. It was very late in the Green household. Nanny Pickens was not a stickler for bedtimes, but even she usually had the children in bed before 2am, if for no other reason than because by that time they were always exhausted with whatever thrilling activity she'd thought up that day. But on this occasion, things had not gone quite to plan. The children had enjoyed a thrilling day with their nanny, avoiding the truancy officer by leaping off a clifftop in a homemade hang glider, which they had constructed from paper mache using the pages from Mr Green's law books. So Derek, Samantha and Michael were totally tuckered out. They were just about to settle down for bed with a glass of milk and a nice big slice of cake when Nanny Piggins' own exhaustion caused her to make a terrible mistake. She told Samantha to fetch a cake from the sixth shelf of the pantry when she should have said the seventh. The cake was brown and Samantha was also tired, so she didn't think anything of it. She and her brothers had eaten seven slices each before their nanny entered the living room and realised her dreadful error. The children were not eating chocolate cake. They were eating coffee cake. They were obviously never going to be able to get to sleep with that much caffeine in their systems. So there's only one thing Nanny Pickens could do. She ate seven slices of coffee cake herself, curled up with the children on the couch and settled in to tell them a gripping bedtime story. At first, she tried to tell the children the story of the great vanilla slice shortage of 1823, because it's important to teach children about the great moments in history. But the children had heard that one before. Nanny Piggins got weepy and recounted it every time she ate a vanilla slice. So Derek requested that perhaps instead, Nanny Piggins could tell them a story about one of her relatives. Why? asked Nanny Piggins. Have the police put you up to this? Are you fishing for information you can sell to the law enforcement officials, perhaps in exchange for a shorter jail term for the terrible crime you've committed yourselves? But I haven't committed a terrible crime, protested Derek. Good, said Nanny Piggins. You're too young to go to jail. Plus, orange isn't your colour. The jumpsuits would never suit you. We just enjoy hearing about your relatives, Michael assured her. I understand, said Nanny Piggins. They're much more interesting than any human. I know people make a fuss about Marie Curie and Gandhi and young men who are good at kicking footballs around, but honestly, none of them has as much glamour in their entire body as any one of my relatives has in her hind trotter. To be fair, said Samantha, I don't think Marie Curie or Gandhi were trying to be glamorous. Ha! scoffed Nanny Piggins. Perhaps they would have been taken more seriously if they'd been able to blast themselves out of a cannon. Derek tried to get Nanny Piggins back on track. So do you have a story for us? Hmm, said Nanny Piggins. She rubbed her snout as she considered all the options. With Nanny Piggins, it was never a question of whether she did have a story, but rather which one of the thousands of fabulous anecdotes she would tell. I know. I will tell you a story about my dear cousin. OK, said Michael. In his experience, cousins could be very boring. But he was confident that a cousin of Nanny Piggins was going to be more interesting than his second cousin, Sebastian, whose hobbies included polishing rocks and then telling you about the rocks he had polished. 
Yes, a distant cousin of mine, said Nanny Piggins. Her name was Little Red Riding Pig. Not Little Red Riding Hood, asked Michael. Red Riding Hood, asked Nanny Piggins. Why on earth would she wear a hood? Hoods are a terrible fashion mistake. They hide a pig's best feature, her face. But worse than that, hoods, indeed all hats, commit a dreadful crime. They crush the hair. No, no Piggins, unless she was being tortured by a milliner, would ever willingly wear a hood. You wore a hood when you went into school and pretended to be the Grim Reaper so you could frighten the headmaster, Michael reminded her, telling him he was going to die from eating too many chocolate biscuits. Yes, well, I didn't begrudge him the biscuits, said Nanny Piggins. It was the fact that he was pilfering money out of the children's fish pond fund that annoyed me. But let's get back to Little Red Riding Pig, suggested Derek. Yes, said Nanny Piggins. Now, it just so happens that Little Red Riding Pig's grandmother, Big Red Riding Pig, they weren't the most imaginative branch of the family when it came to thinking up names. This grandmother had a broken ankle. Getting blasted out of a cannon, guessed Michael. No, but you're close, said Nanny Piggins. She broke her leg chasing a woodcutter down her driveway and trying to kick him. She missed and fell in a ditch. Why was she trying to kick a woodcutter, asked Derek. It was sad, really, said Nanny Piggins. He kept coming around offering to cut wood. Isn't that what woodcutters do, asked Derek. She had an electric heater, said Nanny Piggins, as if that explained everything. So, said Samantha, he was just using wood chopping as an excuse, said Nanny Piggins, because he was secretly in love with her. Oh, said the children catching on. Nanny Piggins had a similar problem herself with a certain retired army colonel who lived around the corner and was always offering to run someone over with a tank if she should require it. So anyway, Big Red Riding Pig had a broken foot, which meant she couldn't bake a cake, which meant she was starving to death, said Nanny Piggins. Couldn't she just eat a tin of beans instead, asked Samantha. She was a Piggins, declared Nanny Piggins. She'd rather starve to death than eat a legume. Sorry, said Samantha, realising she'd made a terrible pig faux pas. Now, Little Red Riding Pig was a good piglet, said Nanny Piggins. She loved her granny dearly, so she immediately offered to bring her a few basic supplies. She baked 300 chocolate mud cakes, really top-quality ones with thick icing, packed them up in a huge wicker basket and got ready to hurry them over. But how could she carry that much cake, asked Michael. She couldn't, admitted Nanny Piggins, but she wasn't a stupid pig. Her basket had wheels, great big ones, like wagon wheels. In fact, they were the wheels she'd stolen off a wagon. Originally, her wagon wheels had been proper wagon wheels, you know, the type made out of cookies, marshmallow, jam and chocolate. But she'd eaten them on her last journey, so she thought it best to get some wagon wheels that were just wheels. Then anyway, she set off dragging this through the forest. I don't like the sound of this, said Michael. They all end happily, don't they? Now where's the fun if I tell you that, demanded Nanny Piggins. I don't know what's wrong with your generation wanting everything to end happily. Of course it, cause it's not all going to end happily. At the very least it'll end badly for the cake. Because you know someone will end up grinding it up with their teeth, mixing it with their saliva before swallowing it into their stomach, where it's dissolved by acid and peristalsis. So that's the story, asked Derek. They ate the cake? No, actually, said Nanny Piggins. There was a nasty incident on the way. I can't watch, said Michael, clapping his hands over his eyes. It's a story, said Samantha. It doesn't matter if you don't watch. I don't want to watch what my brain is going to imagine when I hear the bad bits, said Michael. Well, you have to hear it now or you'll never have closure, said Nanny Piggins. Little Red Riding Pig was dragging her massive basket of cake through the forest when suddenly a wolf jumped out in front of her. Ah! screamed Michael. Samantha, said Nanny Piggins, make a note. I must put less coffee in my coffee cake next time. I don't think your brother can handle it. Samantha dutifully noted this down. 
Little pig, little pig, said the wolf. You look so soft and tender and juicy. I'm going to pop. Little Red Riding Hood hit the wolf hard on the nose and knocked him out cold before he could finish his sentence. But didn't they have a conversation where she told him she was going to grandmother's and he said he wanted to eat her up, asked Derek. No, said Nanny Piggins. That would be pretty stupid, wouldn't it? If a strange wolf leaps out at you in the middle of the dark forest, you'd be a nincompoop to have a conversation with it. No, Red Riding Pig knocked him out cold and continued on with her journey. Of course, when the wolf woke up, he felt like a truck had hit him. What happened? asked the wolf, rubbing his very sore nose. A pig punched you, explained a nearby rabbit. Then it all came back to him. The wolf remembered the conversation with the piglet, the trotter flying towards his face with alarming speed, the splitting pain in his nose. So the wolf leapt to his feet and ate the rabbit, which was very inconsiderate given that the rabbit had only been trying to be helpful. Then he ran the long way around to Grandmother's house. Grandmother lived in a tiny cottage right in the middle of the wood, which was ridiculous when you think about it. An elderly lady with a broken leg living in such a remote location. The wolf nipped around the back and climbed in through the bathroom window. Then he snuck through the house to the bedroom and slowly and oh so quietly pushed open the door. Then he leapt on the bed and began his eating frenzy. Gobble, 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 gnash, 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 snarl. He'd eaten three pillows and half the doona before he realised that Granny was not in the bed. He looked about. She wasn't anywhere in the house. That is when he heard Little Red Riding Pig dragging her cake up the front path. So the wolf quickly put on Granny's dressing gown and nightcap and leapt into the uneaten bedding on her bed. Hi, Granny, I've just dropped off your cake, called Little Red Riding Pig. I'll be off then. Wait, cried the wolf, aren't you going to come and give your granny a hug? Little Red Riding Pig paused. But you don't like hugs. You say that's how disease spreads. I'm feeling frail. I would like a nice hug, lied the wolf. He was just trying to get her closer so he could eat her up. Red Riding Pig stepped closer and leaned in, but then she stopped. Why, Grandmother, what a big stomach you have. Your dressing gown doesn't fit you anymore. Are you saying I'm fat, asked the wolf. His feelings were hurt. Yes, said Little Red Riding Pig. And Grandmother, what bad breath you have too. It smells like you've been eating raw rabbit. It does, asked the wolf. He was horrified. He had always been self-conscious about his breath. Because wolves don't have toothbrushes, you know, or opposable thumbs. So even if they did have toothbrushes, they couldn't use them. One more thing, said Little Red Riding Pig, leaning very close now. Grandmother, what a big... Pow! Little Red Riding Pig bopped the wolf hard on the head. A great big wolf you are. Oh, how did you know? asked the wolf. Was there a flaw in my disguise? Yes, just a little one, said Little Red Riding Pig. You're a wolf. Your face is covered in brown fur and you've got about 50 more teeth than a pig. Why are you pretending to be my granny? Because I want to eat you up, said the wolf. Really? said Little Red Riding Pig. Well, then you really need to rethink your lifestyle. Pork is not good for you. It's high in saturated fats. That's the stuff that clogs your arteries and makes it hard for your cells to process sugar, which causes diabetes. Have you ever considered becoming a vegetarian? Yuck, no, said the wolf. Vegetarian food is disgusting. No, it's not, said Little Red Riding Pig. Chocolate cake is vegetarian. I've never tried it, said the wolf. Well, you're in luck, said Red Riding Pig. I just happen to have three cubic metres of chocolate cake with me. I guarantee after one slice, you'll never want to eat pork again. If I'm wrong, you're welcome to bite off one of my own legs. All right, agreed the wolf. So Little Red Riding Pig cut a slice of chocolate cake, put it on a plate with some whipped cream and a fork and a serviette and handed it to the wolf. He tentatively scooped up a small morsel, put it in his mouth and instantly fell in love.
with the little red riding pig? asked Michael. No, silly, said Nanny Piggins, with the cake. Although he probably fell in love with her as well. We Pigginses have that effect on people. Then the grandmother burst in. She bopped them both on the head for eating in her bed and dropping crumbs. So they went out into the kitchen and ate some more. That day to this, the wolf has never eaten anything other than chocolate cake. But aren't wolves dogs, said Derek, and isn't chocolate poisonous to dogs? Well, I didn't say he lived a long life, said Nanny Piggins, but he did live a happy one. The end. Time for bed. Thank you for listening. To support this podcast, just go to your local bookshop or favourite online bookseller and buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's lots to choose from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barns and Pesky Kids range. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.